You're listening to Mystic Falls Memories of the Vampire Diaries Rewatch Podcast. I'm Maddie, and my co-host Jen joins me as we take a deep dive into the ships we adore and all of the crazy drama surrounding Mystic Falls. been a bit oh my gosh it's been so long it's just my fault it's not maddie's fault it's always my fault well it's a bit of both but you know life, life happens no employment is a real hindrance to podcasting whenever you want let's just say that it really is they should <laughs> like in a separate category of pto of like i need to put in a podcast <laughs> yeah she's like mm. Taking my hour here. Thank you very much. Thank so you, we're thank gonna you. try to be more organized because we're gonna try and podcast on Monday nights, right? Yes. Okay. Because then you got scheduled for watchover. So that way I was like, oh, look at that. Organization. Maybe yeah, you know, need to sorry. do that. I was like, well, I didn't know if you wanted to have organization or whatever. <laughs> but you do. <laughs> so it works out. It it works out. So that way. So spoiler alert, I didn't watch the episodes. Yeah, but I but remember them. <laughs> that's the fun part. I, I think this will be a fun thought exercise if I just kind of bring <laughs> things up and we'll see what you do remember and what you don't. And... I'm ready. I'm ready for it, yeah. But what's hilarious is I was realizing like how long since we last recorded our, our last episode is because we were deep in the throes of our Bridgerton obsession. Oh, and you're now... right. We were so into Bridgerton then. Bridgerton seems so long ago now. <laughs> I know because I feel like we're kind of more into Shadow and Bone. Not because we don't like Bridgerton, but because it's like, you know, Bridgerton, we binged it. It's over. Now we have to wait for however long. Exactly. I was about to say, I, I wanted to kind of talk about it's so interesting of just the fandom pacing. Because yeah. I feel at the Netflix model, you're not really able to keep that year-round interest. No, right. Absolutely. As like a CW show. Because, like, you, with the CW model, mm-hmm. it starts in September, October, something like that. Yep. And then it goes all the, all the way to December. Then you're so busy mm-hmm. with the holidays that it's okay that you're not really too deep in fandom. But you're only off for, like, a couple weeks. And then right. it goes from January to May. And then it's only like a few months but you can keep like hope alive and everything over just a summer because then in that summer you'll get teasers and trailers and comic-con and stuff so it really does have this full year cycle Absolutely. of buzz and things to talk about and all of that and also by the time you get to the end of the season you're kind of emotionally exhausted and you're ready for a break and then by the time they get to comic-con and they're premiering for the next season like you're rested you're revved up again you know what i mean and like let's go yeah, it's very much let's go. Because then, otherwise, then with like Netflix, it drops, you become obsessed. Mm-hmm. And like you may be deep in the fifth tag for a while and everything, but <laughs> that as far as you don't get new content for like over a year. Right. So it's like a very intense, um, it's like it's like a, a one year experience crammed into like maybe three or four weeks. I feel like Very three or true. four weeks is generous because it depends on how fast you binge it, and it depends on how much you engage on the twitters while you're binging it. 
or if you do it after you're binging it. Cause I feel like there's like a peak time on Twitter when lots of people are watching it. And like, I'm not always part of like the high point of viewership when everybody's watching it. I feel like I'm always a couple, <laughs> I'm like a week behind. Yeah. Cause I think about it with like shadow and bone. I was like a week behind and then, and then it consumed me. Yeah. It will come because there are going to be discussions about liking quote unquote villains and that kind of thing. And let's be real. Discussion of our, our, our boy, the Darkling will, will come up at some point. Oh yeah. We're going to get to him. I can taste the little treat. Bless. <laughs> Should I tell you, you got more hate mail? It was a lot. Yeah. What's, <laughs> what's crazy is I am noticing now the weird part of almost being on the verge of like being fandom invested in something again is that this time I'm like one of the older people in in said fandom. Whereas I was more like the younger set when I first got into Arrow. So it's like, Oh, I'm in the reverse. This is kind of weird. But they, so I have like fandom history now to like look back on and I'm like, Oh, the dark Gleena people getting a lot of similar responses that I saw the like similar bullshit that Elicity people had to deal with and you're like oh well it sucks but it, it's funny of just that sometimes the same tactics get thrown at people and you're like yeah just it's fictional characters y'all like it's it's not that serious please let's not like it, cause real harm to people like- over fictional beings please it kind of blows my mind a little bit like how quickly it like devolves or dissolves more um, to like this real world application. And we're literally talking about vampires. We're literally talking about magic stones and daylight rings and shooting bad guys with a bow and arrow or a shadow thingy in the middle of Russia. Or like light, light beams and light beams and basically wizards and people's shoulders and i don't even know how to describe half the shit i'm seeing most of the time and they and then half the time our messed up character that we're attacked for has been like alive for centuries (laughs) right and it's like we're not dealing with real world scenarios normal like if my husband turned to me and said sure I'm Mr. Joe Nice Guy during the day. Yeah. I'm Mr. Joe Nice Guy during the during the day, but I'm gonna be I'm a serial killer uh at night, FYI. I would have been like, um, I'm gonna divorce you. First I wouldn't call please. And second, I'm gonna divorce you. Like that's not normal. That's not a normal thing. You don't do that. You don't date murderers. But in fiction, is murder a deal breaker for me? It is not. Not, 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 not really. No. I agree with you that it should be. I can't explain why it's not, but it's not. Honestly, the dude, the, 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 the Duke was probably like my most straight laced shipping experience in a very long time. I know. Like the Duke is the most normal guy. Like he, he just had around a little bit. And yeah, there were just daddy issues like it was he was oh it's problematic <laughs> exactly it's just daddy issues daphne. i was like daphne was the messy one you know what i mean for real and yeah. we'll, we'll close out our little a little bit of bridgerton once we get into the episodes but 
Maybe we should talk about some Vampire Diaries. Let's do it! I have seen some so, on multiple occasions, so I feel pretty strong that I'm going to be, my, my recall is going to be pretty good. Yeah. Season one, like, it, it stays. Like, once you get to some later stuff, you, we've purposely repressed it. Oh, but gosh. There's the going to be so like, much four, five, and six that I got to be like, what happened? But one through three. But this is where it's still fun to remember, you know? (laughs) Before the pain starts. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Do you ever wonder if the the Lena fans view, like, do you think that's the same? Like, I I like season two because it's, or season one, because it's so Stelena focused. But do you think they view the early years of the Vampire Diaries in the same manner? Because. Yes. As a person who was there. Yes. Okay. Because this this episode eleven is an episode plus. Uh, okay, I have been relatively reasonable in the past couple episodes where <laughs> have. I have said that there are good points to stuff in and that I can see why people ship it. And yeah. we had Stelena sex last episode, so y'all you got your very, moment. Very adult. And I'm proud of you. <laughs> but bitches, this is my time. Yes. <laughs> but Jen's going to get hers this week. <laughs> so it's all fair. Because going back to like the context, this was so the CW does this random little like two week hiatus that's it's not like the mid season point. It's like the mid season of like the front half of it where like they randomly take two weeks in October off or something for, I think like sports related reasons. I, I never knew why it's always frustrating, but basically we got up to episode 10 and you had the big couple get together moment. It's like sweeps adjacent essentially, but then Elena sees dude because she's driving away all upset because she looks like Catherine because that would be rather shocking and super weird but then there's a dude in the road and she swerves and rolls over her car not fun would not recommend then they're done that and so yep (laughs) but then it it fades to black before the like the figure like the figure gets up and starts walking towards her fades to black we got two weeks off Mm -hmm. so in this people are freaking out there's a lot of stirring and then about a week into it was when the like the production stills and stuff um like get released to ew or something like that most likely ew because you know they were big fans of tbd and they knew what got them clicks and so once that got dropped of that elena and damon were having like a little side adventure together the tumblr lost their shit the people we rejoiced and a billion <laughs> fics were written this was in the days of fanfiction.net and so less organized than ao3 but you know well, fanfiction.net gives me a headache i can't keep it, up with her it, it confuses me but i'm old it really does but you know it was all we had and so <laughs> we our horny little cells made do and <laughs> So that way, even before this episode came out, a billion, like, Delana road trip fix were born. And so mm-hmm. there was anticipation, and the episode lives up to the hype, let me just say. I so, even enjoyed it as, like, a Stelina fan. 
because it was, this is the first time really getting to see them have like a dynamic. And so just getting to see how this works, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think you gotta be kind of a nutter if you think there's like no chemistry. Cause I always, my attitude with the vampire diaries is what really works for the show is the triangle has chemistry, all angles of it, you know, all, what I mean? all sides. And I, you know, I'm not just talking like sexual chemistry, like, there's, Although, uh, you yes. know, yeah, Paul and, and Ian have chemistry as brothers and play off each other really well. And, you know, it's the whole dynamic between the core three. I mean, they nailed the casting on this show. It's really, it's really spectacular. It's what makes it work for sure. Mm-hmm. And so we open up and before our like resurrected dude who got hit by a car can attack Elena, Damon swoops in and like, he kind of talks her through because she's freaking out because she just totaled her car and was almost just died because of and he's was about super to kill sweet. And he's super sweet and his like his voice gets so soft and you're like just like it's swooning. his special Dana voice. Exactly. And he doesn't even know he does it yet. It just happens. Just because the dude is smitten. And mm-hmm. so he gets her out of the car and she's still like crying and freaking out. He, but he's doing the once over. Nothing broken. We're good. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can't stand. But she says, I look, I look like her before passing out because that's still pretty prevalent because creepy as all get out. If you someone that looked exactly like you from like hundreds of years ago and that this was like kept from you, like the kids at this point, I'd say, Stefan's probably the second guy that Elena slept with, would you say? Because oh, I bet so Matt she lost her V card to Matt, absolutely, and now we're on to Stefan. So yeah, because yeah. I don't think there's probably anyone. She's she's still young, and she was dating Maddie for since like. Well, yeah, it sounds like Matt was like super serious, and like, when are we gonna get married? And so for sure, it was like first love. Yeah, kid. so yeah. it's it's still only like her second relationship that has gone to that point. So still in a very vulnerable place to then immediately afterwards, see a picture that looks just like you from like the 1800s. Yeah. Would, where drew up. So we got our title card and then um, on a little side note of most of the scene isn't important, but the, just in a little glimpse of 2008 history is there was a period of time where four different CW shows in a period of, of about six weeks of each year used the song Cosmic Love by Florence and the Machine. And so the fact that it was everybody across... Was, everybody was playing the shit out of Florence and Machine that year. Like, I like Revenge was all about it. And yeah, it was like, it was... Uh, so it was just the- hearing that again, it took me back and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Love it. Yes. <laughs> but, like... Of the one, like the CW uses for it, I think the Vampire Diaries is actually like the one because it's briefly we we get a lark who's flashing back to dead wife who we will eventually learn is Isabel, but it's just his kind of backstory of see he has a dead wife that that's the source of his angst and that's kind of playing in the background. The best CW use of Cosmic Love by Florence and the Machine. Did you ever watch Nikita? I am like a YouTube Nikita fan. Like I just like the one with Shane West. Yeah, Shane West, my boy. Um, yeah, I just watched this the scenes with him and Nikita like 
getting it on and like declaring their love. Exactly. So they mention anything else. So yes, I have seen Akita, but I only watch it on YouTube clips. That's the best way to watch it. So I I really just cut through the bullshit and get right to the good stuff. So I'm okay with it. And so the scene where Michael and Nikita get together, it is set to this song and they time like him picking her up and putting her against a column to like the drum beat in the song and exactly well see now i'm gonna have to rewatch it well i will just send you that scene so that way just take the guesswork out of it for me i'm a busy lady (laughs) i i just i get you the goods jen it's what i do but i decide love you exactly and so it's hard to compete against that of like being yeah, held against show, the wall with Shane West that that's that's the best use of a song in a scene that you can do yeah but, I think like one show uses a song so spectacularly well and like it becomes embedded in your soul as a memory of that exactly scene. and then you can't no one like, else can do it so yeah it's like it's a chasing cars Grey's Anatomy yeah like that just was a great song and everybody just needed to like mind their business and nobody else use it it's true. This this Denny song, don't mess with Danny. We have enough pain. <laughs> Can we get no to the joke. bar? Can we get to the bar? Okay. So so they're they're driving and she wakes up and it's like what the heck? I'm in Damon's car. Like what is going on? And he's like, We're in Georgia. And she makes him pull <laughs> over. <so> random. <laughs> okay but like I'm a minor and I totaled my car (laughs) and you're also super sketchy I know that I do not consent (laughs) I do not consent to this especially on rewatch now fully understanding the seriousness of what he did to Caroline like it's like not good yeah it's not good to wake up after mild trauma it's okay he just rapes people that aren't Elena it's fine Exactly. But that's the attitude to take to be able to watch this show for another much, like I saw I apologize 2020. We're in the years of 2021. I apologize if that sounded clear uh, cavalier. I only mean it in terms of what year is this? 20 2008. Eight? Yeah. 2008 people were not as sensitive about these things. So you have to not. be in the lens. We're in agreement. It's hyper problematic, and the show really failed on multiple levels. But it's where we're at. Can't but it's fixed. where we're at, and it's, we have, no have like started. seven seasons of this baby to go on. Yeah, exactly. So, like, she's freaking out, and then so it makes him pull over, and he points out that she doesn't have her vein necklace, which makes her freak out even more, reasonably so. But Stefan calls. She's still mad at Stefan. So she's like, I don't want to talk to him. But Damon being the dramatic, annoying little shit that he is, answers Elena's phone. <laughs> and Stefan's all super serious. It's like Where is she? Where's the Yeah. And that Damon just messes with him and just causing well, Can we just anxiety. talk about Stefan and what a problematic little dickhead he is right now? He is. Because it's like, I don't, I honestly don't understand what he was thinking. Like, what did he think was going to happen? Like, it's bad enough he was lying to Elena for X number of episodes. It's not like they haven't dated. Like, he cooked for her. 
Like, in between making his homemade mozzarella, you couldn't have mentioned that your ex-girlfriend looks exactly like you because, oh, yeah, she was the most beautiful woman in the world because, oh, you look exactly like her, so you're the most beautiful woman in the world. Like, there were opportunities all over the place, Stefan. Okay, my thing is they explicitly have the thing when she's willing to hear him out about the whole vampire thing is she says, no more lies, tell me everything. Yeah, I, I, don't get me wrong. I forgave him in that phone call, in that, I'm sorry, not phone call, in that conversation. Like, I was on board. I was like, okay. But at this point in the episode, I remember being very pissed off at him. And that's part of, too, of what kind of cemented my brain into it, of just, there wasn't enough, like, as we kind of established, it was just too easy for Stefan and Elena to get together for my taste. And then you have this episode where the juxtaposition, where Elena actually has, like, a really fun dynamic and has fun and is the most I've enjoyed her in this whole series at this point is this episode. And then you cut over to Stefan, who's just all super broody, even though he done fucked up. And I was just like, well, why should I be rooting for you dude and so this is the moment I fully jumped ship and was like okay this this is done and I'm now aboard the Delana train but he assures of like okay you're safe with, like you're gonna be safe with me and that I'm not gonna compel you but then she's like can I trust you and he just says get in the car <laughs> but away they go right so they cut away. There's witchy stuff with Bonnie because Stefan tracks her down um, to try to help, like, find Elena. Bonnie's... Okay, question. Yes. Do you get so bored during the Bonnie magic stuff? I do, especially I at this so point. Bored. Like, I want to be excited about Bonnie's storyline, but I, I'm just not. I'm just like, not. At and, like, I also think as the seasons went on, Kat Graham became a better actress. And so... Yeah, the... I think there was more Kat Graham in Bonnie, the Bonnie Kat Graham. You know what I mean? Like, she injected a little bit more of her energy and her, you know... But this season one like, Bonnie, that's all, like, doughy-eyed and... Doughy and dewy and dowdy and what other words start with D. <laughs> exactly and so we just needed her to fully embrace that she's a bad bitch and that then bonnie becomes fun like bonnie lighting people on fire is awesome yes let's get that bonnie (laughs) she's awesome that's all i'm saying yeah so i don't know what it is about fiction but i like dark shit i don't know i don't know know. and the whole time i'm just like rolling can we get back the main plot please right and so can we get to gina torres <laughs> because they arrive at the bar and they walk in and it's gina freaking torres and she walks in and says my honey pie and then just starts making out with damon and like, Nina has the face it's so great like was gina fucking torres like was she like I can't remember. Was she like super? Because she was on Firefly, right? She was on Firefly and a handful of TV stuff since then. But I mainly knew her from. But this is like, it's way before, it's way before Suits. Yes. Okay. I wonder if she got Suits. Or actually, it's probably right around Suits. So like the start of Suits. Suits was on a long time. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it might have been right at like the start of Suits that she did this one guest spot right before it of, hey, it's a job. And so, 
Yeah. And I love that since she's in like heel boots, she's so much taller than Ian Summerhalter. It's great. <laughs> I know. FYI, Ian is not that tall. I'm sorry to break your sad little bubbles, but he's not that tall. Pretty much everyone except Jared Padalecki on the CW is not that tall. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> I would say that's factual. Yeah, I'd say him, David Ramsey, and Brandon Routh are the only like tall people. I'm a little sad I never met Brandon Routh. That would have been an experience because he's freaking Superman. But um, yeah, I agree with that statement. And if they tell you that they're over six feet, they, they'd be lies. <laughs> they're liars. Propaganda. <laughs> okay. I side note because <laughs> this is what we do. Um. And I finally watched the Heels trailer and that accent. Did you? Nobody told me about the Southern accent. Who approved that? I was like, it's awful. It's so bad. It's so bad. And nobody said anything about it. I was like, really? Really? We're not going to comment on this. Nobody cares. We don't care. Okay. It was disappointing. I thought that was like some primo make fun of Steve material. And it was just like, it was people just like nowhere on it. No, it's like, you know how everyone mocks James Vanderbeek's varsity blues accent? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want, want your life. life. <laughs> I don't want your future. <laughs> it's it's so basically bad. that. You're like, oh, James Vanderbeek. Did you hear he got super pissy because he got kicked off of, uh, dancing with the stars like he posted some instagram thing of his family or whatever and i think they had maybe gone through a cr- family crisis or whatever but inside of like the discussion about the legit family crisis he was like super i've been humiliated on dancing on you know dancing with the stars when i was favored to win and i was like james that's not james. something you get angry over <laughs> no that's called a paycheck job <laughs> And has anyone like but I think stardom like 50 grand that? if you win though? So I understand that. Yeah, well, he's got like eight kids, so I understand maybe there were some paychecks, you know, got college educations, but still, I just felt a little, it felt a little oddly placed the rage. But, anyways, continue. <laughs> yeah. So basically, we meet Bree, they make out, it's, it's hilarious. We cut to commercial, then there's Jeremy stuff. And so he meets Anna, who is precious. Are you an Anna fan? In this stage of the game, like, their meet cute and stuff is adorable. And so... Yeah. I mean, just truly invested enough in Jeremy to really care. Like, too deeply. But I'm like, oh, they're cute. You know? I would say she's, like... She's better than Vicky. Oh, my God. She's so much better than Vicky. Exactly. So it's like, but not better than spoiler. Won't say. True. True. Okay. Continue. And I, because I remember this actor. She used to be on Nickelodeon stuff, so it was one of those of like, oh, I know this person type thing. Where most of the TVD people I hadn't really seen on anything beforehand. So it was if it was hilarious. But... I'm like a hundred years older than Maddie, so I didn't do Nickelodeon. I have less frame of reference than these people so she's true she's 
she's the youth. I was younger and a shelter child, so my media taste was a little, like, skewed a little bit younger than even I actually was. And so, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Let's be real here. Yeah. But then I started sneak watching CW shows, and things changed from there. Then life became amazing. It did. <laughs> but... And you wonder why I like fellowships. <laughs> it's okay. vicarious fun. You know, it is. wants to end up with a murderer, but it's kind of fun. Dark and twisty. It is. And if you want to just like take over the world with somebody, but it, it's all good fun. I but agree. exactly. And the clothes. The clothes are always great. The clothes are always great. Okay, so where were we? They were okay. So Jeremy stuff. He meets Anna, and like she tries to play around with like, oh yeah, vampires are real, and like, but he's like, no, it's just a metaphor for like the Civil War, blah 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 blah. And you're just like, I'm bored. But we move on. So the bar, Elena and Damon are are talking, and that actually get to have like a fun conversation, and it's. She's venting a little bit of like, so am I related to her? Like, Catherine, what is going on here? Stefan's not telling me shit and I don't trust him anymore. So maybe you'll like talk to me about it. He's like, don't know. It's weird. Kind of creepy. Which obviously is, Damon is equally as creepy for being like invested. I know, but I just still love his, here's my thing. Because I think Damon is drawn in by Elena I don't think Damon's in love with Elena. He's still very much in love with Catherine. Exactly. Like his whole pursuit of Elena is just to piss Stefan off and to mess with Stefan at this point. So I don't really feel like he's anywhere. It's a mixture of boredom and a desire to piss Stefan off. It's like, yeah, "Yeah, sure. This will be fun. And like, of course, like he, she, she sees out. I mean, who doesn't like Elena? Like everybody, that's the whole point of Elena. Damon lives for the drama. Let's be real. (laughs) Yeah. But like, do I think he's like actively pursuing a relate wants a relationship? No, I think his whole end game here is very Catherine focused. So I I appreciated that comment because I was like, I think it really drew some lines in the sand because it's like, well, how does Damon like Damon is a hypocrite if he, you know, if he, you know, criticizes Stefan, but by saying it's kind of creepy and super weird, he's saying like he ain't on the same page as Stefan with Elena. Exactly. So I think that was, I, I thought it was a really, really important line that they kind of just slipped in and Ian Summerholder does a really good job with the read on it too. Yeah. Like the dialogue subtle here. Yeah. Which is rare in the CW, but yeah. you know, <laughs> we'll take it. They mostly but, do the Angel approach. But it's nice if like with the deaf dialogue is they kind of address some of that. And then they also get some just like vampire mythology exposition out of the way of like, how are you even still eating? Aren't you like dead? He's like, actually like if we have enough blood, we're basically like our bodies function like normal humans. Which I thought was extremely creative and helpful and made the most sense. Cause like that was not how it worked on Buffy. Exactly. So that way it's, it just gives them the freedom for, for them to, like, drink alcohol all the time and have scenes where they eat every now and then. Right. It's just and like, yeah. is the bathroom question. Do vampires go to the bathroom? Yes. Still not sure about that one, but I assume so. I mean, he said They said body functions normally, normally so, so there we go. Yes. Man, wouldn't that be annoying to be a superhuman vampire and you still have to go to the bathroom? 
But you have super speed, so when you have to like really pee, that you can find a restroom. Oh, I guess they can do it quick. Okay, never mind. I got you. If there's a line, you just compel everyone to like leave. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! You can compel your way to the front of the line. I love it. That would be the best usage of any vampire power ever. It's true. I'm totally in love with that. It might yeah. make me want so to they just get some vampire logistics out of the way and like they're having fun. But later, like they spend a bit more time in the bar. We'll, we'll ignore the Lark stuff because I, I just I don't really care. Just it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, she she feels like one call from Jenna does a little cover of like hey I crashed at Bonnie's and like then just went to school blah 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 but they like this whole thing of earlier in the episode Damon had the conversation of like your problems will still be here when you get back like let's just chill with me for a little bit and it's a timeout from your life for five minutes so then she decides okay my life's a mess so and I'm stuck here anyway so I might as well just have fun so that's when she's like okay Give me a beer, please, because this this whole situation needs alcohol. Right. Time to get boozy. Truly. I also love the part where she he eats her pickles. Yes, it's it's super cute because it's like, what, you don't like pickles? What's wrong with you? And then like picks them off her plate. Because I love pickles. And I'm like, what is wrong with Elena? We had to find a flaw somewhere. But it's a humanizing moment of like food opinions, you know, mm-hmm. that it just like those are actual relationship things. I actually was like, yeah, that was super cute. It was way cuter than the whole eggplant thing that comes up way later in their relationship. And I never understood what the situation was with that. It was a weird thing to be like, I love eggplant. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) So Elena decides to get a little boozy and Mm -hmm. basically a lot of drinking ensues, but Nina Dobrev is adorable at playing drunk. And so Elena's a happy drunk, which (laughs) thank God. It's very true of, of the drunk personalities. It's, it's the funnest one to witness. My only true experience with people is corralling them at cons. And so, (laughs) but all is well and they're having fun but basically Bree's a little shifty because she calls someone to basically be like hey guess who showed up at my bar and the best part about it is that she calls on a landline and you're like oh that this I guess this was so long ago that like landlines were a thing because now they would just have her like text the other dude or, or just call on their phone but alas we feel old and everything and so shady vampire dude shows up and kind of lures Elena out and like out in the open and basically Brie kind of sets it up of a little bit later she tells Damon hey where's your girl and he's like oh I guess I gotta find her but because Elena slipped out to talk to Jenna but she was like kind of still a little tipsy but she gets grabbed by shady vampire guy and so Damon sees that like her phone's on the ground and then gets into like protective mode which bless and Elena I think they have her just like chained to a fence or something but it's a really great scene of because at this point Damon really hasn't done a lot to actually earn or remotely deserve Elena like trying to save his life 
because at this point we realize Shady Vampire is Lexi's boyfriend and he's pretty pissed at Damon because yeah, Damon killed her and that yeah. really sucks. Yep. And so by all accounts, he technically deserved that for like a lot of things. But I mean, yeah, like obviously I think Damon should be toast after Lexi, but they're never gonna do that. The thing but with, they're never like, gonna the whole, do that. Yeah, the whole teasing something happening to Stefan and Damon or even Elena was in the beginning. I was a little like, mm, okay. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> moments where it's like they have the stakes and it is an impactful scene, but then you're also like, this is episode of eleven of season one. They're, right. <laughs> they're not gonna kill off Damon. They're not gonna kill off Ian Summerholder. This isn't. Well, I almost made a huge spoiler for another show he's on, so I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> hey, I love that for that show that the reason he found out like ahead of time that his character was gonna die is he told the writers, Hey, I'm thinking of buying a house here to make it easier <laughs> yeah, for filming. Like, and they were don't. like, About that. <laughs> we were gonna tell you in about two weeks, but I guess we have to do it now. If you're gonna buy a house, please don't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which... <sighs> That's funny. It's so awkward, but I, 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 I think just, it was like I can picture it on that show for him to be like, "Oh, I can totally buy a house." I was like, eh, I don't think that's quite right, that's, but okay. Let's not bring real estate into this. Like, you should stick with a rental for now. <laughs> so funny. So, anywho, that Elena talks shady vampire dude down and gets him not kill Damon. And brings up the whole, like, quotes Lexi and it's, it's touching and that it's like a real, it is one of, like, their first big, like, bonding moments because, yeah, she really didn't have to, like, stick up for Damon at this point because she's not attached to him at all. I think really the only reason she does is because it's Stefan's brother and she kind of knows inherently that, like, Stefan would be sad if her brother, like, his like yeah, I feel like, died. yeah, well, and also, like, Elena's very, like, compassionate. That's her big thing. She's super compassionate, so she's always forgiving everybody for everything. So I also think that's heavily at play, and I, I think she's kind of figured out that a lot of Stefan's talk about Damon is a lot of BS, and he's not really ever going to kill him, you know? Like, if he, yeah. if Stefan didn't kill Damon because of, like, over Lexi like he's not gonna kill him he's not gonna kill him I think you can pretty much be I don't like Elena was arguing for him to not do that and then he didn't do it so I think she she feels fairly certain that you know had Damon been killed by somebody else he would be upset yes so like they have their moment and when they're driving back like they have kind of a cute scene in the car of just like where she recognized I saved your life, Alan. It's like I know, <laughs> but You're now he owes her. I know, but it's like begrudging respect, and because she's like, seriously, why did you like take me along? And he's like, oh, you're not the worst company in the world. But she's like, no, really, not the jokey answer. Like, tell me. And she's like, it's like, well, you were there, like on the side of the road, and I was on my way, and I knew it would piss stuff off. Which... <laughs> yeah, I love how he gives him the, the honest answer. And she's like, but then he kind of ties it back in. But really, you aren't the worst company in the world. And you're like, right. oh, they're, they're bonding. I know. It's exciting. 
great. And thus, a million fix were born. Things happen on that road trip because they have gasoline on their clothes and need to wash it off. And then <laughs> that's what happens. But anywho. So they get back and that Stefan's all like, yeah, I know I messed up. She's like, you think? Well, She's I like, think yeah. here's, the, here's the thing, though. Like, the, I like when she comes in and she's like, hey, and he's like, hey. It, and what I like about the situation was it wasn't an automatic let's talk about breaking up. Like, no, it's just like, like very, let's just hash this out. Like, let's have the argument, you know, which I got to be honest, I think is is we talk about things not being a real world application. I mean, that's that's what you do. You know, you not every problem is a breakup problem. You know what I mean? And you've got to learn. But how it is to a have, we need to talk right now. Problem. Yeah, you got to learn how to have the argument without it becoming like, you know, so irreparable. Now, this is a fairly but, massive lie Stefan has told her. And he's yes. Mr. All About Choice, which I just never jived with me. Yeah. But he, it, but he does give a good explanation. Well, I'm still slightly dissatisfied because I feel... He gets away with it by dropping two very major bomb, like very big well, bombshells, like, to like distract. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yes, I did lie to you, but also I did save your life when you went off the bridge, and um, I saved you but from I a watery grave. So there's that, and you're adopted. So yeah, I let's just focus on that because it does make it seem like a trump card and I'm trying to like get out of trouble for following you and basically being a stalker. Basically. <laughs> like I know it sounds bad, but it, but it did pull you out and of the car. So bad, there's that. Also, what's more important isn't my stalking, it's that you're adopted. <laughs> okay. Like if you can't get on board with the absolute ridiculousness of this show, and here's the exactly. other Exactly. It's Laird. It's like, listen, I lied. Listen, You're still mad. So to, we, we, I pulled we you have, Right. We have to be honest about Elena's character. Elena forgives everything. She forgives everything. everything Stefan does. She forgives everything Damon does. So it really doesn't matter which one of the brothers she's forgiving. It all, it all shakes out in the wash. Both of them do horrible, awful things. And she's like, eh, it's okay. It's, you know, it's like, cool. that's just really how it works. And if you can't get on board with Elena. It's if you get having, to a certain tier with Elena that it's like yeah, anything it's like, goes. Like, no, where's Elena's moral compass? I'm, I Elena's almost feel moral, Elijah gets there too. It's like, well, it's kind of, yeah, don't go, try not to moral compass yourself too much in the show because you'll end up driving yourself insane. But her moral compass is basically people make mistakes and that's sad, but I love people and therefore it's okay. <laughs> we can all be better. They really use this. Elena is so compassionate and compassionate can kind of like with her. I kind of feel like you can be a little bit like a doormat. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's a line that they tread, not always super successfully. Exactly work sometimes it doesn't right but speaking of the bombshell and pivot she gets home and jenna's like what the hell like you've been gone for the past day and a half and like dodging me so elena drops the so i'm adopted <laughs> right <laughs> guess i'm not grounded i just yeah <laughs> 
which is kind of spectacular. Like, way to use that trump card for... I was like, I probably smell like booze at this point. Like... Right. <laughs> so true, though. It's so true. Okay, so, so next So that's episode. that episode. Okay. Oh, also, it gets revealed that Damon killed Alaric's wife. And so... Alaric's all super mad. He kills everybody this season. I'm so, like, just not even... Like, it doesn't even phase me at this point when Damon kills people. It's like, yeah, that's what what happens. It it, it happens. And so, moving on to next episode, Unpleasantville, which is our first decade stance. Yay! Cute abounds! It's... Cute fashion, but it's so funny of seeing this in retrospect, just because, like, the Decade Dance thing is, like, this iconic deal for, like, future seasons and whatnot, where it's always, like, a high-stakes stuff goes down at the Decade's Dance. Yeah. But with this you one... that the first Decade's Dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the first one sets the tone for all the others. Exactly. So. But then in retrospect, you're like, this isn't that big of stakes. Like... Compared to like the twenties one, which oh my god, I can't talk about it. I'm still emotionally shattered. Anyway, just wait till that one, you guys. Bring the Kleenex. It hurts. It hurts to talk about. It does. Okay. Anyways, back to the. But anywho, this is like way more cutie one. This one's all like cute and high schooly, and so that. Like, they're all excited about it. And we do get some cute... So there's Caroline and Matt stuff this episode, which they're precious. And it's like... Like, the Caroline Matt stuff is where it's, like, in separate from this show at this point because it's just, like, normal teenagers having, like, mm-hmm. a normal teenage relationship. Right. So it seems super out of place. But now when you know, like, where their characters are going, you're just like, oh, let them, let them have this. Let them have like, their joy. We're just a Their moment. lives are about to go to shit. Please right? Let them just have this cute moment. I'm just going to let them be, be kids for a couple seconds. Okay, that's done. They're not kids anymore. Like, even <laughs> class would be like, oh, fine. Like, dress up for the dance and be cute and, like, have a kiss with the quarterback. Like, it's- so we'll we'll have our adventures later. But exactly, exactly. You have a world of pain ahead of y'all. So, <laughs> so anywho, they're prepping, and the main thing that they're trying to address is who's this other vampire that's in town that's like terrorizing Elena, and Jeremy, the little dipshit, invites <laughs> he invites the pizza delivery guy into the house, which. Who does that? Like, when he says, oh, just, like, come on in and just set it on the table. You're like, no, you 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 take the pizza at the front door and give him his money and he doesn't come inside. This like, is, like, a really interesting question because I do the same thing. Like, I don't invite people into my house. No. <laughs> Even outside of, like, a vampire situation, it's just stranger danger. It's you don't totally, have Yeah, like, it's totally stranger danger, especially if you're a kid. Exactly. They're like, they're two teenagers home alone. So like, no, you don't right? invite him into the house. I understand. Like, why would you do that? I so there we go. So then it's like, we all know now, as soon as that happened, you're like, okay, so he's the sketchy other vampire dude. Also, like, and just so, don't invite people you don't know into your and house. And he's in all black show. with like a black hoodie. And it's like, no, 
Come like on, if he's man. a pizza delivery guy, he would have like a dumb nose polo. Like it's like Jeremy, we need you to be less of an asshat and like more intelligent. Like it would be really helpful. Jeremy is a pain in the ass in season one, is he not? He is. It's yeah, very much similar to the Don syndrome of like. It's very similar to Don syndrome and Thea on Arrow. Yes. Little twerp, don't you realize? Little twerp, that? just go away. Ruining my show. Don't you realize dangerous things are happening and you're acting like a moron? Use your brain cells. Okay. All right. So he's got the pizza. What happens next? I can't remember. Yeah. So then, (laughs) so we got that. So it's kind of the tease of like, he's kind of the reveal of he was the one that was going after Elena. So fast forward to that. Um, So Stefan's like, okay, so since there's another vampire round, I want to give you the Gilbert compass because like we have to be on alert right now and this thing will point to where vampires are and so like that way you have this and you're aware and it's all good yep and then then back at the grill there's a bartender that so applying for his job at the grill and so oh bless his heart um because he has a rough life and and so he talks with a former like like the former star quarterback guy of like graduated a couple years from him. And so Sean Ferris is, I think he was on one tree Hill or something like that. And so he's also for in the CW stable of, so he has a brief guest spot as, as the bartender that Matt is destined to become. And so I'm actually like really surprised his role wasn't bigger. Yeah. Cause he was like an actual name. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, you've, you've been in things. And so like, do you wonder if something went, was up with the actor? These are questions. Because it was really one of those moments where I was like, that's it? That's it? Well, I feel that since The Vampire Diaries was the big show on the CW at the time, having a guest spot on it was CW's way of trying you out to see if you work for other stuff. Mm -hmm. As we saw with Mr. Amell. And so... But... I, I do like that they have the throwaway comment I didn't catch originally where he's like, sorry, your like season didn't go as planned. And they said, well, it's hard to recover after half of your games had to be forfeited, meaning like kept, like bodies kept dropping. So the games are being canceled. <laughs> like, very true. And this is a random thought, but like what amazes me is like the show acts like um, Matt working part time at a bar as a waiter is enough to support himself and pay a mortgage. Yeah. Do you ever think about that? Just thought. These are the thoughts just, I have. Because I guess it's just like in conjunction w- with whatever mediocre salary his mom makes, maybe. But that's still bless his heart. Right. <laughs> We're we don't want to like look into the finances of vampires at this point. Like, yeah, maybe in true. later seasons, Stefan helped bankroll him a little bit. Of like, hey, dude, like, sorry, we've made your life like actively terrible. Let me at least like pay off your house or whatever, or your trailer or whatever. Right. <laughs> because my bad about your sister. So when at least make sure that you're not like on the street. Because so let's be real, so Stefan has money. <laughs> I know! There's so much money in the Salvatore house! There's just so much... But see, like, the thing is, they never really get super clear about 
I mean, I guess they just invest in shit and it just, I guess if you just invest forever. Compound interest over 200 years. Compound interest would be a billionaire too if you lived for 100 years. So yeah, that works. And then eventually Matt can just become like Rebecca Sugar Bailey and then it's all good. (laughs) Because if the Salvatore's got money, the Michelsons have like money, money. (laughs) Right? Like they're, they're like basically where money began. Goals, if you will. Yeah, but I did like that line of like, we kept having to forfeit games. <laughs> and it's like, oh, because it's true. If you're like a high schooler in Virginia, that like having a winning football season is like the crowning like achievement and your like last good memory before your life is going to be kind of dreadful. And so, that's <laughs> an optimistic look after high school. <laughs> Like Matt wasn't Matt wasn't going places. Let's be real. Like he kind of went places. We won't tell you where he went, but he kind of did. He eventually did, but like the before trajectory was like meh. Yeah. But anyways, so anyways, it's it's a miracle Matt made it through the whole series alive. But I love the way Elena asked Stefan to the dance. It's cute. It is, is cute. That one, is that when she holds up the little thingy and he like the little flyer and he's like absolutely not and shakes his head and she's like uh-huh and yeah. And then he's forced into it, which is fantastic. Makes me happy. I like when Elena forces stuff to do cute stuff. It makes it more cute. Yeah. So then they're getting ready for the dance and they have this thing her hair is already done but they need like some kind of distraction where she's like not focused on things and so she starts round brushing her already done hair and has the hair dryer on but she's already like flat ironed it basically so it's like it's doing nothing to your hair (laughs) it's so pointless but anywho because the hair dryer is on she doesn't like hear vampires scurrying and whatnot and so then once she turns off the unnecessary use of a hair dryer she goes over and sees that the compass is like whirling around and freaking out. So she's like, okay, this isn't good. And so she calls Stefan. He left his phone at the house. So Damon picks up and she's like, oh, okay. If Stefan's on his way, that he must be here. That's why the, like the thing is acting weird. He's like, and then, then they hang up, but shady vampire pizza delivery dude shows up and almost attacks her. But then Stefan swoops in at the nick. Throws him across the living room, and he's shady vampire scampers away. Basically. So then, Damon comes over. They have one of their little powwows. Where I do like the like this with the three of them. I are always really compelling scenes, mm-hmm. and so Jeremy's like, not Jeremy. Damon's like, how did he even get in? And they're like, Jeremy invited him in as like the pizza guy. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, that's that's clever. I'll give him that. <laughs> Basically, the, both Damon and Stefan acknowledge it's like if he's invited in the house, like we have to take care of this like ASAP because otherwise he can just come in anytime and there's no way around this. Also, so, you forgot the part where Bonnie and Caroline completely shade Damon and they click glasses. No, we're not we're not at the dance yet. So Oh, we're not? Oh, this is all pre-dance? This is pre-dance. Oh, this is at the house. Okay. I'm this is at the house. house. So okay. then they're like, we need to get him tonight. Elena's like, what do I need to do? And Damon's like, yeah, just go to the dance with your boyfriend. We'll see who shows up. And 
So basically, it's like, you're going to be babe. But Stefan isn't too happy about that. But Elena's like, we, we have to take care of this. Like, he's invited into the house. It's not safe for Jenna and Jeremy. So the three of them walk into the dance together. The first of many occasions where it's like, okay, like, go do your little thruple thing. And so they walk in and talk to Bonnie and Caroline. And Caroline's like, so is this like a threesome now? Or what's going on here? And Elena's like, no, but if I'm with Stefan, I have to learn to at least like tolerate him since I can't kill him. And Bonnie's like well there's an idea <laughs> and carolyn says i'll help but i love the this is such a great caroline moment of laying asks like if they're having a good time and no but all of this took two hours so we have to spend at least half that here <laughs> which that's, that's true like- if you've done like a full detailed updo and like got a whole like cute 50s ensemble you're like okay I have to at least stick it out for an hour even if like this sucks because she's put her foot in her mouth when she like Matt revealed that he's getting like he got a job at the grill and so like it it just a little like classist but then so Matt kind of took offense and she didn't mean it like that it's just Caroline and being season one Caroline and right heart that so she's all sad about Matt but she looks cute so gonna stick it out a little bit yep but then we get our oh and there's a cute Alaric and Jenna moment because Jenna's all dressed up 50s and like they're having a little bit of a flirty flirt but well, and also like Jenna's the only one who is remotely in Alaric's age range so it's kind of like well duh they're gonna get together you know what I mean exactly you're the only two adults here so so true so we will pair you together and mm-hmm. enjoy but there's more dead wife talk and stuff and so it's all kind of leading to eventually there's going to be a Damon um, climax of sorts but we're, we're not there yet so then our shady shows up and we get revealed that like he knows Anna and this is also our first indication that Anna's actually a vampire. Um, and basically he's like, I want, just let me have my fun. She looks like Catherine. She's like, don't F this up for us. And, but that's exactly what he's going to do because he wants to do like the, you know, serial killer kind of psychological warfare before, you know, attacking her. So he gets separated because he does like a decoy where he compels someone else to like wear the hoodie so it lures Stefan away and then he starts like chasing Elena through the hallways and then we get they're like trapped in the cafeteria together and you kind of get a pseudo it's like they're trying to be Buffy here yeah yeah because like she finds like a pencil to like stab him with a couple times and it's like dude He's obviously not trying that hard because, like, he he could have killed her so easily at this point. Because it's like you just you stabbed his hand with a pencil. You didn't like decapitate him or anything. So, but just Although, as, you're not Willow and you're not floating the pencil, which is cool. Tis true. That's all I'm gonna say. But I'm once saying. again, Stefan swoops in at the nick of time, and Damon joins the party as well, and so. Yeah they get the upper hand and start interrogating him for information. And so 
reveal that there is a way to get into the tomb. You need Emily's grimoire, which we don't know where it is, but we know we can find it through Jonathan Gilbert's journal. And so that's all the information we know. You'll have to kill me otherwise. So Stefan kills him. And Elena's like, did we have to do that? He's like, yeah, it had to be yeah. done. He's been invited into your house. So there we go. Which it, it kind of brings an interesting perspective on Elena's feelings on killing vampires because she still views them as people. people. So she doesn't differentiate between Stefan, Damon, and Pizza Guy vampire. So she's still uncomfortable with. So it's just another it's another layer of the Elena morality. And then we find out Alara kind of saw the whole thing, and so. Damon goes off to take care of it and is trying to like compel answers out of him, but which Alara gives like immediate answers that don't like raise alarms, but then we pan away and see he has Vervain in his hand the whole time. So intrigue. So before, so now he like shady vampire has been taken care of. The crisis is over. We get Matt and Caroline because Caroline's walking home and she's kind of all upset because oh yeah she did say something again because Bonnie was about to flirt with Sean Ferris again and she's like dude he like yeah he was cool in high school but now he's just working as a bartender <laughs> Mr. Like, like you can do better it's just not okay to say like Caroline says shit that's just not cool it's like not wrong but also not cool but like you don't go to college and you want to work and you want to work in a bar that's fine there's no law that says you have to go to college tis true that's all i'm saying man so yeah she stuck her foot in her mouth and in life and there's not she has a lot of a lot of learning to do does but she's walking home and matt pulls up in the car and it's like just get in the truck like i'll take you home but she's that she, she's still kind of upset that he was so upset at her. But Matt stops the car and walks out. And you kind of get this cute little notebook moment because she's dressed up all 50s. And it's like the old, he has the old pickup truck and it's like in the headlights. And so he pulls her in for a kiss and it's adorable. And he's like, this isn't going to work. But then kisses her again. But like, because it's also, true. Like, in terms of like first kisses on the show, theirs is like one of the best. It's one of the best. It's I adorable. It in the top five easily i could see that so cute and matt is so manly just like takes charge it's hot it is they needed like a matt take charge hot moment because he's been kind of emasculated by Stefan a lot so like we needed to like he's still viable like ladies. snap him up and so it's cute it's kind of nice when it's all supernatural shenanigans but it's just this pocket of like wholesome adorableness mm-hmm. so, true. so true so we have that and then Stefan and Elena are back at the house and like Elena's like is it bad that like I don't feel like freaked out or scared or anything and he's like well are you actually fine and he, she's like yeah I'm actually kind of exhilarated and then you kind of get this Sometimes Stefan comes off a little condescending to me. He's like, it's the adrenaline. You'll crash soon enough. Like, oh, Stefan, just let her have her moment. She's feeling empowered. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love how he drives you nuts. It's like the most random stuff drives you nuts about him. <laughs> like, like, it's this moment where, like, 
she's like yeah if you'll throw it's the adrenaline you'll you'll crash and then she's like no but i i fought back tonight and he's like you shouldn't have to fight at all and it's like not the point stefan she's like feeling good about herself just let her (laughs) let her live (laughs) well yeah stefan's all this shouldn't be your life okay then don't date her we're we're in this dude so like Like, let her yeah we're all in buddy so like deal with your it's kind of so tonight was a win you should have to deal with vampires but also love me and have my babies it's like no it's you can't pick a team seven are you in are you out and this is a very common season one Stefan problem is constantly in and out it drives you back to it because elena's in she's all in Stefan needs to be in (laughs) our time is limited Oh, and so this whole episode, Stefan's been doing this thing with Damon where he's like, you know, I could actually help you. And like, I'm okay with you letting Catherine out of the tomb if it's just, if it's just Catherine and then you guys leave town, it's all good. And Damon's like, what's your angle? I don't trust you here. He's like, oh, no angle. I, I just want you gone. And so stefan's actually luring him into a false security because he's like so listen elena i told damon this thing but it lied so i can't let damon actually like let catherine out the tomb and so well, we're okay, gonna we, yeah okay, dupe him. like all right yeah okay can't let catherine out of the tomb but he was cool and he's not cool with any of the other vampires getting out of the tomb but like does stefan just not think that there's any other vampires in the world I'm very confused on what Stefan's opinions are on global vampirism. Yeah, because, like, he's been around. He was the Ripper. Like, he's... Right, because it's like, oh, we can't let these two vampires out. Okay, but, like, are there vampires in Seattle? Are there vampires in California? Because it's kind of like you're... If it is, like, what's the difference? Because it's Mystic Falls and it's where Elena I guess, is. Yeah, to protect the town or else they're all going to get eaten. But, like, I don't even really think that that's, I mean, I guess Damon hasn't exactly been subtle about his killing. So, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm cool with everybody staying in the in the tomb. I just think Stefan's logic behind it, behind it is a little suspect at times. Yeah, so he's, like, I told Damon this, but I lied. <laughs> it's funny the way he says it. I'm just, like. And Elena's like, that's okay. I'm glad you did. I'm glad whatever you it takes. We'll 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 work through this. And like, yeah, okay. it's there. Yeah. Listen, they can be a little on their high horses. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not unable to say that. But I like but, high horse. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it next episode. Is that she does actually start to feel bad about it next? Yeah, episode. it's lame. So there's that. Then we have a cute large Jenna moment. He asks her out on a date and also reveals his dead wife was named Isabel. So she's like, oh, like, did she, was she from around here? Yeah, she grew up in Virginia. So it's like, it might be Elena's mom. That's a total coincidence. She was off of one first name, but this is a CW show. So actually, that is what's totally happening. There are no coincidences. Exactly. There is only one Isabel in all of Virginia. And so there's only one. Just one. Just one. <laughs> it's a very unique name. Okay, so now So there we go. Time. So we are caught up on TVD. I can't even really remember where we were at on Bridgerton. I think so, we have we met have we Yeah. We we did the 
basically were now just arriving like at their house as a married couple. Oh, so this is the wildest dude. I mean, I don't think we have to recap the whole thing. <laughs> we don't, but yeah, let's not kind of breeze through. I think, I think you know the highlights. Are but this this good. highlight was wildest dreams. I mean, like we yeah, we get episode six. The first fifteen minutes are really solid. They're 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 great. Like you get a glorious montage set to my favorite Taylor Swift song. So Taylor Swift. that was really the moment it. that I was like, okay, show you. You got me. You got me. It doesn't really get any better than that, you guys. I'm just telling you. Just telling how it is in romance fic. That's just also, the, way it the fact that the scene in the library was the first scene that Phoebe and Regajan filmed together, like, is kind of how great. awkward is that? I know. Well, but that I, I imagine episode. there's been like rehearsals and stuff, but like this is the first time with the whole crew and everything that you're like, okay, guess we're doing see, this. Here's the thing. It's just not gratuitous. There is a function to it because it's the point is to show how uh, naive Daphne is about sex and how little she knows. Like she knows. She knows she likes nothing. it. Yeah. So she doesn't actually know how a baby is made. Like that's the key part here yeah so she starts to get a little suspicious and so she goes asking for questions asking questions and someone sits her down I can't remember who I think it was the mother. It, it's her her lady's maid that she finally marches maid. into and she's, like, and she's like yeah like you have to tell me like in detail how our kids because I like that the maid's like didn't your mother and she's like no my mother told me nothing <laughs> pretty much so like, then you get into the like, real problematic part of the show which is like this scene where essentially Daphne takes control and she's on top which the mm-hmm. Duke is enthusiastically enjoying but very much he's been pulling out this is he pulls out that's their method of birth control which FYI that's a terrible method of birth control you can not a good plan that. yeah don't do that um and he tells her, wait, but she doesn't. So it's really not good. So it's not good. It was way worse in the books, but it's still it was worse not good. In the books. It, they, they did it. I don't know if it's much better. And I don't know. So it gets into some really not great consent issues. And it really kind of like clouds the whole to me, the show and the showrunners, they just took it as like this woman's empowerment thing. And I was, and that it wasn't rape. Like they seemed very, well, See, and that they, that they, if they didn't have the point where he vocalizes weight, then it is kind of a gray area. Yeah. But he did say but it he did. So he's yeah. really traumatized afterwards because he's stuttering again. Like he really can't believe she did that. So, yeah. and you know, Daphne's response to her her response to having her choice taken away is not good because her response is to take his choice away which this is not none of this it's like two wrongs don't make two you know it doesn't two wrongs don't make a right and all this could have been (laughs) solved with a frank conversation right like I remember I was talking about with a friend and they were like if you can avoid the conflict with a simple conversation it's really not that great of a conflict and this was literally like children just use your words that's what the whole thing was about 
and they just didn't the linchpin of the whole season is like and they just went with their talk to each other yeah and they went with their shady rapey ran like gray icky zone and i was just like no no and it ruins i mean i think it ruined the book for a lot of people i don't know if it didn't seem to stop the popularity in the tv show um but yeah it really it does, it's not a great look on Daphne. And what's crazy is she had the moral high ground. Because what he did was really wrong. Like, he's like, well, I told you that, you know, she's like, no, you told me that you couldn't have children. Not that you, not that wouldn't. you wouldn't. And those are two very different words. And she's 100% right, because he absolutely let her think that he was physically not able, not that he was choosing this. And it's fine. Like, the, th- the thought that the Duke choosing to not have kids, it, it, there's nothing innately wrong with that. He just didn't tell Daphne. Didn't properly communicate, yes. Right. So she's, you know, marriage is forever um, in this world. So back then. So she's like hooked her ride to a dude who's not going to have kids. And she's just kind of heartbroken. And he does, you know, as, you know, and as this plays out, he's very like, you are my wife. It does kind of play out as property. Like, you will do no, like, he's ordering her around a lot. You know what I mean? It's like, you will, you're, you know, it, there's power dynamics at play here, people. And it's, it's, it's definitely not a great time. So I would say this is the lesser, the, the back half is not as much fun. But we can talk about the finale. Yeah, we'll just fast forward to the finale of like, yeah. Because basically at this point, it's just on the linchpin of, like, are we just going to, like, be completely iced over and married only in name and just kind of live completely separate lives? Or and he's we... very much, yes, we're going to live separate lives. You're like, oh, but, like, okay. they have, like, <laughs> they have sweet moments where they, because they're still oh, so drawn to each other. Because they go back to London to help out with. These two are the most indecisive people you'll ever meet. Oh, no, we're totes over. Except let's make out right now. Oh, no, we're not doing anything. Except I'm going to have oral sex with you on the stairwell. It's like, it's like, they don't know what they want. They're just, like, incapable of staying away from each other. Like, they can stay away from each other if there's other people around. But as soon as they're in a room alone together, it's like. Right. It's like, okay. It's a lot. It's not even necessarily. It's not even like hate sex. It's just like this. I'm madly in love with you, but I'm pissed at you, and I'm not going to admit that I'm in love with you because I'm pissed at you. Because yeah. I do like the. I, I love the makeout where you're basically Simon goes to a club, and basically Anthony's like, "I know my sister. How bad? Like, what did you do to f this up so bad?" And so. I know, and it's not. I mean. I bet, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And so, like, both parties are fully at fault. And so it's yeah, like, it, it's, it's more complicated than that. But this point, like, it's kind of like, it's the chicken and the egg a little bit. But yeah, I would, I'm feeling comfortable with a 50 50 blame. Like, I, I, you know, the Duke. But like, it's not all me. And he's right. like, I, but the stupid the thing is, the, the dumb vow to his dad and stuff here, he's like, I made a promise and you wouldn't know anything about keeping promises. And so yeah. he kind of goads him about, the opera singer that anthony has been seeing and that makes anthony all mad so then they just decide let's just hit each other as men do and so like he comes home basically all like scuffed up a little bit and has like bloody knuckles and like a cut on his face like that kind of thing and he just writes it off of oh like 
I had a boxing like training thing that went a little intense because he didn't want to admit of like I was drinking with your brother and then he started arguing about you and then we just beat the crap out of each other so because <laughs> so like I do love a tending of wounds that becomes a kiss it's a good trope mm-hmm. I'm a fan but yeah they can't be in a room together without like wanting to make out and so they just don't know how to handle it and I love the moment then it's like the last day basically that they're going to be in London and so they're getting their portraits done and the poor artist guy's like guys work with me here like maybe like just be a little closer to each other or like look at each other like I'm getting nothing (laughs) so they finally just like look at each other and just the sheer intensity of eye contact is like they can't help but just melt where even the artist guy is like oh my gosh it's like pure devotion this is love like I yeah I have to pay this now (laughs) well it's very like both of them are just being stupid like you two you love each other just deal with it right so you you get the ball and then, like, they're able, they have, like, one last dance together, and it starts raining, and... It's so tropey. It's just the best, It's though. so tropey. It's so great. It's just the best tropey. It's just, like, yeah. And, like, no, are we, are we letting what Daphne did slide too much? Yeah. No, but she doesn't... It's basically, yeah, she realizes, like, I don't want to lose you, so I'm going to admit that I screwed up. And so... Yeah, she does apologize. And, you know. She's like, I, I messed up. You kind of did too, but let's let's just forgive each other and move forward so we could actually have a nice life together because we do right. still love each other. Well, but you know what I like about it? Here's what I really like about the, her speech. Because essentially what she's been angry about is she felt like the Duke took her choice. And so she, you know in revenge essentially did the same thing to him but her apology is she's letting him know what her choice is but she is in no way um taking away his choice in fact she really leaves it up to him you know what i mean like i love you i'm putting all my cards on the table here but you still get to decide what you want your life to be you still get to decide you know you know what does that life look like you know, does it include children? Does it, in, does it include me? You know what I mean? And you have to consider that and make that decision for yourself. I can't make that decision for you. So she really does to me understand what wrong she really committed and how bad that was because she, she makes a very careful point to like, like I'm not making this decision for you just because she's saying, just because I say, I love you. I'm not expecting you to love me in return. Which is really pretty good. It's a pretty good speech. And then I like when the Duke comes to her, he's still uncertain. He just doesn't know how to do what she's asking him to do. He doesn't really know how to be a husband. He doesn't really know how to be a dad. She's like, no, because he grew up in a terrible environment. Right. He's like, (laughs) well, you know, we'll sort it out. And it's really the action of their forgiveness is in the physical love scene, which is beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful love scenes you'll ever see. And he makes his choice then. 
in that moment. It is in really, that really moment. Special. Yeah. And, and I love together, that, I like, guess. as a fan, you're watching that scene. And it's because, yeah. like, like the logistics of sex have actually become a plot point in this that you're yeah, actually like hearing yes! his name inside her. It's like, oh gosh. It's like, sorry we're getting graphic, but it's true. But like, this is actually an important thematic plot. It's an actual plot point. The, the, you know, the pragmatic process of sex. Like, it's a plot point. So, children under 18, perhaps. I don't know. What are the rules? When do kids get to know about sex? Sex ed? Children under 13, 12, 11? I don't remember. I just kind of ripped off the bandaid with my kid because she was like, they like dipped a toe in and she's like, but I want to know more. I'm like, all right, we'll just get into it. Let's just... (laughs) He's like, Lauren, I'm going to rip off the bandage. She's like, okay. Let's just have the awkward conversation and go for it. Well, here's the thing. Like, and this is the thing that I'm always saying, and I always say this to her because my mom always said it to me. It's not one conversation about sex. It's not like you're done. You explain the, the, the mechanics and then you're done. No, it's continual ongoing discussions about sex with your child because they're in, you know, things for them evolve and change it's not like oh I went over this when they're 12 now I'm done you know what I mean like exactly you know my mom talked about it all the time with me (laughs) so yeah anyways so yeah it's a good it's a really good show but like for those who don't know um the duke the guy who played the the duke Reggie John he did not sign for a season two but it's fine because we get to keep our happy ending and the next And it's season- like, it's how the book series works is each right. one is a contained love story. And I like that you always say, this is a good thing because that means we can't F up their story. It by is! Like, it having to extend this. Me. Yes, it frustrates me when everyone's like, no, let's keep it going. Let's revive it. Listen. And I had this thing when I was watching the Friends revival and they were like, you know, asking them, oh, would you do a movie? Would you do? No, I don't want any of that shit because in order for them to do that, they have to undo all the happiness. TV shows, movies, they are built on drama. Like we're never going to get an episode of, you know, again, it was like the Oliver and Felicity and the Bed Bath and Beyond. It's like, we're never going to get that. So for writers, when they're given another shot at it, they want to undo all the beautiful endings that they've had and remake the messiness. It's so true. to me... All that was going to happen is, okay, maybe the Duke and Daphne were going to be yeah, married. because continuations or, or movies, like, only work if it, like, it was prematurely canceled so they didn't get to end it. Or, right. if, or if the ending sucked and fans are like, no, you need to Fix try it. this again. But if you got what you wanted, I would say if you got at least 70% of what you wanted, walk away and be happy. Like, seriously. It's a freaking miracle you got 70%. But yeah, all that was going to happen to me with the Duke and Daphne is, you know, they're just going to fight. It's going to be some dramatic whatever, and they'll fight, and then we have to wait for them to make it's. I'm just not interested. And we saw them do that, so I'm good. You know what I mean? Like they had the big We're fight. Good. Yeah, now we got our happily ever after. And Daphne also, be just around. because it got announced that like Reggie John isn't coming back this next season, like Netflix is going to renew these for the majority of the books. So. A cameo at some point in a future season where we maybe get like a scene or two where he's there in like a big group thing isn't completely off the table. Right. So we might in the future get like, you know, him and like Anthony and the other Bridgerton brothers bonding over 
whoever is the lead, like romantic troubles. Like, but here's the that deal. could like, happen. But right like, now, right. he's going to do an action movie with Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. And, and so, God bless them. Yeah, if I were a hotter than hot actor, and this is the, the you know, the lightning struck. I mean, I in one sense, I'm like, you don't leave a hit TV show. But I don't feel Netflix is that same form, formulatic. It, it's not the same format. TV. And yep. as we said, the story shifts. So he's no longer the lead character. Right. It's not... It's not a Matthew Crawley situation. situation. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. So I feel too, like, if you're in it only for the Duke, okay, yeah, you're probably not going to enjoy the rest of the show. But for me, all the other characters were interesting and complex, and I want to see them all meet their matches. And and I great things about the next love story. And so... Yeah, I... people have actually said, the people who read the books, they say that um, Anthony's love story is better than Daphne's. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. Because most right, people wrap it up. Yep. So we finally talked about Bridgerton. And we finally talked about Bridgerton and we finally talked about Vampire Diaries. So we will be more on a schedule. Well, we'll be a little night. more consistent. So next up we got November sweeps. So we yes. are finally gonna open that dang tomb. And so takes forever. All right. Talk All right. Well, it was lovely and we will talk to y'all soon but there are more good things to discuss but thanks for listening bye you again for listening to mystic falls memories make sure to subscribe and drop those five star reviews on apple podcasts as they really help us out with our visibility and don't forget to follow us over on twitter on at mf memories pod for updates on future episodes thanks again and bye